Are you ready for the best real estate investing advice ever? Join Joe Fairless and today's successful real estate professional as they share it with you. Let's go. Hello, best ever listeners. Welcome to the best real estate investing advice ever show. I'm Joe Fairless and I'm with Matt Rodak. Matt, how's it going? Great. Thanks for having me, Joe. Oh, my pleasure. Thanks for thanks for being on. Matt is the founder of Fund That Flip, which is a crowdsourcing platform that connects accredited investors with residential real estate fix and flip deals. And the minimum investment is $5,000. So Matt is our resident expert for crowdsourcing capital for real estate and certainly thought it'd be interesting to hear what his best real estate investing advice ever is as it pertains to his background in in this area. So Matt, you ready to go? Let's do it. Cool. Well, before we get into your best advice ever, can you tell us a little bit about your real estate background? Yeah, certainly. So um, I guess I've, I can say I've been a bit of an entrepreneur my uh, my entire life. Uh, my mom loves telling a story of how she got a call in the second grade when I was in the second grade from the principal um, indicating that she needs to shut down my creepy crawler business um, of <laughs> manufacturing and marketing um, a, a, an exclusive line of the little rubber bugs in the basement of my parents' house and selling them to my classmates. Um, unfortunately, I was competing with their milk money, and other parents were calling in and complaining. Um, and kind of ever since then, I've uh, I've been a bit of a, a rogue entrepreneur, building different businesses from the second grade all the way through high school. I started a, a small landscaping company um, and was able to sell that business to help pay for college. After I realized I didn't want to um, sell creepy crawlers or cut grass for the rest of my life, um, so I've been kind of starting businesses for for since a very a very long time ago. I first got involved in real estate after college. I went to work for a small land developer uh, in uh, in Cleveland, actually, and this was right in 2007. And things were uh, things were about to come undone. Unfortunately, before that happened, I was able to secure a job with a, a larger Fortune 500 company that um, works with some of the world's largest real estate companies, uh, helping them manage risk. Um, and I called different different couple different positions with them from underwriting to marketing uh, and even most recently in sales, um, which then just brings up into Fund That Flip, which I just founded uh, March March of uh, 2014. Uh, and as you mentioned, Joe, it's a platform that allows accredited investors to invest directly in residential real estate fix and flip deals. Um, some call us crowdfunding for real estate. Uh, and another way that I, I challenge people to think about it is uh, is, is we're using really technology and new legislation that was passed to make it more efficient or to create new opportunities for uh, you as real estate operators to syndicate uh, syndicate your deals or syndicate your raising. What is, before we get into your best advice ever, just a couple follow-ups on what you mentioned. First off, you're the first person I've ever met who had a creepy crawler business, so congrats on that. <laughs> that's, that's quite yeah. a distinction. I feel like you should have some sort of badge or something. But secondly, what is the new legislation that you referred to? Yeah, absolutely. It's um, it's something that was passed um, through Congress, and the president signed it into law in the spring of 2012, I believe it was, and it's called the Jobs Act. Um, Jumpstart our business startups, I believe, is what it's an acronym for. Uh, it's been known as different things. The Jobs Act, if you Google it, there's a ton of information out there, but the the short version of it is uh, there's 
several different titles that have been passed. The main one that's currently been passed is it's called Title uh, Title Two of the Jobs Act. And really, what that's done, the SEC just passed this this, this last November. Uh, it, it creates opportunities for businesses to what's called generally solicit the fact that they're raising money for their company. So prior to this being passed last November, it was illegal for any type of business owner to advertise the fact that they were uh, raising raising money for their company in exchange for either debt or equity. Uh, the law that has been sent passed now allows businesses to do that. Uh, and this is where we're talking about leveraging technology. Um, we're creating an environment whereby um, business owners or flippers in this case can actually advertise to the world that they're that they are raising capital. Uh, the caveat being is if you're going to do that, you can only accept money from accredited investors. And the short form of what an accredited investor is is someone uh, that is wealthy, which makes $200,000 a year or has more than a million dollars uh, in the bank. If you are going to go down this path of crowdfunding, uh, crowdfunding or using the Jobs Act, using this general solicitation rule to raise money for your business, uh, it is complicated. Um, and it's something that you should seek professional advice for. Um, it is not something that you should probably do um, flippantly. Um, you know, some of the, the the talk that's going on out there is that it's a good place to raise money. If I can't find money elsewhere, um, I would challenge that assumption and, and um, actually have you think about some strategy if, if it is something that you're going to go and do because um, there are some risks in it um, that need to be you know, completely understood before you should you should go this route. Okay, so that's uh, part of, as you mentioned, your best real estate investing advice ever. And what would be the other part of it? Um, so that, that's, again, yeah, like you said, my, my first point is that there is a lot of caveats to the law. Um, the second point is, and it kind of leads into what I was just saying, is if you are going to go down this path um, and you decide that maybe this is an area of, of interest or an area that you could you could leverage to raise capital for your next deal, is uh, think about what your goals are and what your strategies are. And I've kind of broken these, these down into three different things um, for things that you may want to think about as you're looking at the Jobs Act and you're looking at crowdfunding. Um, and the reason I say that is like anything else, you know, there's going to be a learning curve. There's going to be some costs associated with it, both with your time and uh, potentially some, some, some money to, you know, to be able to do this efficiently. Um, so three reasons you might actually want to do this is, is the first one is, is for marketing purposes. Uh, and what I mean by this is by using crowdfunding, you have a great opportunity to get actually a lot of publicity for your project. And one example that I like to, to point to is uh, a crowdfunding platform out there called Realty Mogul. And they recently did a project with the Hard Rock Hotel. And they got a ton of great press. Uh, and in addition to raising the capital they needed to uh, to fund the projects with the Hard Rock Hotel, uh, they raised a lot of awareness on the web. They were on TechCrunch, they were in the Wall Street Journal. Um, but what that did for them is, in addition to helping them raise capital, they were also able to raise awareness for the project, which will, in the long term, hopefully help people say, hey, I want to go to this hotel, I want to host a business event at this hotel, what have you. Uh, so it's also a good opportunity, um, in addition to just raise money, it's a good way to, you know, build a little bit of PR around your project. Another great example of this is what uh, another platform is doing, which is called Fundrise. And 
what, what they actually offer is for certain projects, they allow a minimum of investment uh, of, of $100. And you actually don't have to be an accredited investor to invest in some of their projects. And I won't go into detail about how they do that. But there's a, there's a lot of purpose around it. And the purpose being is uh, they're trying to build community support for some of their ground up projects. So, for example, if you were going to build a new, say, retail shopping mall, um, and you needed local municipalities to pass certain zoning laws in order to get the shopping mall built, this may, of course, mean that you have to go to public hearings where proponents and opponents of your project could come and be heard. Um, now, think about if you could open up the investment in that project to all of the neighbors in that particular community who then would have an interest in seeing your project succeed. So, another way that they're doing, similar to the, the Hard Rock example, is they're actually allowing um, smaller investors to be owners in their property, which gives that, that community then some sense of um, willingness to, to make the project a success, to shop at the retail center when it's completed, tell their friends about it because they're an investor in it. Uh, so it's another way to just kind of, again, help your marketing for the fungi, but also beyond that, help your actual project succeed uh, by getting some PR that you might not get up, uh, through other channels. That's interesting. Um, with real, real, yeah. real quick on Funrise, it, does Funrise exclusively do real estate? They do, yes. They do um, specifically just real estate. They're they're actually started by um, a successful commercial development group down in the Washington D.C. area, um, and they were actually doing uh, crowdfunding for real estate prior to the Jobs Act being passed um, through some different regulation A, which I won't go into, but um, they've been they've been at it for quite a while now. Yeah. So that's the first one is is marketing. Uh, the second second strategy that you might think about is, uh, is, a, is a means to consolidate smaller investors. Uh, and this is particularly useful if you look at uh, look at your pipeline of investors that you're courting and trying to get uh, built up in your next deal, and maybe they're not comfortable yet writing you a large check of fifty or $100,000. Um, how you can use crowdfunding to help with this is actually lower that entry point and let, your, uh, let these kind of newer investors get to know you with a much lower dollar amount. And I'll give another example here. Uh, it's a deal that was recently done on another, excuse me, another platform called iFunding. And this developer uh, used iFunding platform for the, for the crowdfunding raise, and they needed to raise $5.5 million. And it's a very well-respected developer down in the Texas marketplace. They very easily could have raised the 5.5 on their own without, uh, without the crowdfunding support. But... What he did is he opened up a, a $500,000 tranche of that $5.5 million to do on crowdfunding and put a minimum investment of $10,000. Um, so in reality, what he could have done is created 50 new relationships with 50 new investors, each investing $10,000, um, and expand that, uh, that participation to a group of people that maybe weren't as comfortable giving him $100,000 or 250 or whatever his minimum would have been otherwise. Um, and really what this does is it, it simplifies this management of 50 investors because that $500,000 tranche that comes into your syndicate looks just like one investor with one term sheet and uh, one managing member of that group of people. But at the same time, it allows uh, this particular developer to um, get his feet wet, if you will, with 50 new potential investors that on the next deal may look to uh, 
to invest more with them now that they've got some comfort level and have participated in one of his projects. Um, so strategy number two that you might look at, again, if it's right for you, is if you have a lot of on-the-fence investors who aren't maybe comfortable yet writing you a very large check, you can look at crowdfunding as a way to efficiently raise a larger chunk of money with a bunch of smaller investments, if that makes sense. Yeah, I, I, I'd like to follow up with a question on that. If you If somebody has a lot of investors who might not be comfortable, as you mentioned, writing a larger check, and by larger, well, let's define it as $100,000 because I know that's relative, then mm-hmm. that, to me, that makes me believe that that person raising the money might not have the track record that's needed in order to uh, receive uh, the comfort level from the, the individuals they're trying to raise money from. Therefore, they might not be as experienced. So my question is for these fundraising – for these crowdsourcing platforms or crowdfunding platforms for real estate, can a beginning investor who's trying to raise money uh, have a deal on the website? Yeah, and each platform is different and has different underwriting criteria. I, I would say in general from from the different platforms that I've been paying attention to, and I can even speak for our platform from that flip, uh, the tendency is to, to, to pick and partner with developers that are experienced and do have quite a bit of track record. Um, and the reason behind that is it's still a very fragile um, business model, being that it's, it's only really been around for about a year or less now. And the platforms are really trying to protect their downside, protect their brand by um, you know, not wanting to be the first platform to have a deal go sideways. Um, so a lot of the platforms are managing that risk by partnering with professional professional developers. So to get back to your question, then maybe the, the other question is, well, why would a professional developer need the service if they can raise other 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 places. And again, I think the reason there is uh, the crowd is also a powerful thing. So if you, and again, if you're not putting in a large chunk of change and you see 10 or 15 or 20 other people contributing to the project, it also shortens that, uh, we're saying it's shortening that due diligence cycle for each individual investor after a certain amount has been built up because they get the feeling must be an ideal. It's raised, you know, X percent of what they're going to. Now, we certainly advise all investors to, con- you know, to do their full due diligence, but it, it shortens that sales cycle, if you will, a little bit by this idea of um, a lot of eyeballs are looking at this deal, and enough of them seem to think it's good. Uh, I'm not throwing a lot of money at it, so therefore I can get pretty comfortable quicker than maybe I would if I were um, if I weren't using a crowdfunding platform. Yeah, and I've seen that mentality. Uh, from a psychological standpoint, play out many times over when I'm raising money for my deals. Uh, my goal is to get one person from each of the networks that I'm a part of to invest in it because once one person from each of my networks, and for example, you know, I went to Texas Tech, so some someone from there went um, in the advertising. I was in the advertising industry, someone from there. That way, whenever I have a conversation with somebody else in the industry and they know the individual who already invested uh, with me, 
it's a lot easier for the second person to get on board because there's a level of familiarity and there's uh, been already one person who has done their due diligence and looked at the deal. Obviously, everybody needs to do their own due diligence, but psychologically, it's a lot easier to jump on board when someone else that you already know is on board. Yeah, and, that, and that's really where we see uh, the power of crowdfunding for real estate taking off. Imagine, imagine that network that you referenced is just a network of other investors that you've invested with on fundthatflip.com. Never met them, didn't get a college with them, didn't work in the ad business with them, but you've invested in two or three other deals with them, which have been successful. The fourth deal you see, oh, you know, Joe's on this deal. I invested in my last two deals. They went well. Joe must have diligence it. Um, that network effect is now, you know, we think being able to be taken online whereby uh, you can kind of start to help each other uh, and have some mind share around looking at deals so that, uh, you know, these things can be done. Uh, also more efficiently from the developer standpoint, but also more efficiently from the investor standpoint in that you're sharing, uh, you know, the resource and the, the diligence that you're doing and you're doing it together, which, you know, hopefully helps everybody get to the place that they need to get to much, much quicker. Absolutely. Yeah. All right. Let's jump into the best ever lightning round. You ready? Yeah. Okay. Best ever book you've read. Uh, well, I just finished a book called The Hard Thing About Hard Things, um, which if you're building a business is a, is a very encouraging read. Um, and one of those business books that looks uh, looks you straight in the eyes about some of the tough realities of, of starting and scaling a business. So I definitely recommend that. Best ever business opportunity with real estate that you've seen. Oof, that's a tough one. Probably it was probably actually a condo that I bought when I was living in Providence, Rhode Island, and a building that I was renting in, and um, the one of only 330 units that was coming out of foreclosure, I was able to nab at a, at a pretty good pretty good price. Best ever success habit you practice? I make lists for everything. Lots it of lists. Okay, interesting. Do you do that the day before, or the the morning of, or throughout the day? Uh, yeah, I usually I usually make a new list in the morning of what I want to get done in the day, as well as review the list uh, from the day before and carry it over. And then um, I have a deferral list of things that aren't going to get done today but need to get done um, eventually. You write it down, or you have an app for that? I write it down the old-fashioned way. I like to cross things off. Uh, ditto. I'm the same way. I got made fun of for bringing a, a notepad and paper to uh, uh, to view a property. They're like, no, nobody does that anymore. Everyone has their iPads. Like I do. It's a lot easier. Yeah, I'm with you. Best ever internet resource for real estate. I'm a big fan of Bigger Pockets. Seems to be a reoccurring theme. I think you're the third person who's mentioned Bigger Pockets, and I too am a huge fan of Bigger Pockets. It's a great online resource. Uh, it's free. It goes into the, it goes into that crowdsourcing mentality. All the content is curated by by the members, which I think is the the best part about it. Absolutely. Best ever quote. Uh, this is what our football coach used to always tell us in uh, in college: "Is uh, enjoy the process." No one said it would be easy. Uh, I love that. Reminds me of my 
one of my favorite books called The Road Less Traveled by Scott Peck, and the very first sentence is "Life is difficult." Yep. <laughs> once you, once you fully embrace that life is dis- difficult, then you can can transcend that into you know greater things because you fully expect it to be difficult, and um, then you approach things differently whenever you do come across things that are difficult. Absolutely, and there's there's just tasks that no one likes doing, but if you don't look at the actual task that you're doing, but the process that it's a part of, um, I think it allows you to kind of separate mundane tasks from your larger strategy, which um, makes that task a little bit more tolerable. Yep, agreed. All right, Matt, what is the best ever place to reach you? Uh, you can email me at matt at fundthatflip.com. Or you can also tweet at me at hackadacnyc. Where did that Twitter handle come from? <laughs> uh, my nickname in high school was Dak, for short for Rodak. And then hack, being you know, I'm in the tech space now, I'm a hacker, so it's a hackadack, and then I'm an NYC. So I just kind of piece some things together. Well, there you go. It's like it's a it's a Frankenstein Twitter handle. I love it. <laughs> yeah, that's it. All right, Matt. Thank you so much for joining the best ever listeners. And do you have? Is there anything else that we didn't talk about that you'd like to add? Uh, no. I mean, I think I think uh, you know. Again, looking at your strategy from a, um, a syndicator's standpoint, and if it makes sense to look at crowdfunding, you know, just keep in mind that it's a it's a long term play, and just as you would take a long term approach to develop a relationship with any particular single investor. Um, you know, approach it the same with a platform that you might want to work with. Um, and again, um, I think that'll make the process a bit more tolerable in that it is going to be a little bit more work. But if it fits into a strategy that you're working towards, um, you know, it'll 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 make sense for you to to make it to make it work and get the most out of it. Um, again, in the long term. Sounds good. All right, thank you, Matt. Appreciate you joining us. Absolutely, anytime. Thanks, Joe. Okay, bye. Hey you, best ever listener, do you want more? Then head to JoeFairless.com where there are tons of free videos, templates, and content to help you get deals done. And if you want Joe to personally help you reach your goals, then go to the Work With Joe tab on JoeFairless.com and apply to, well, Work With Joe.